Hello, welcome to this latest podcast from the University of Brighton. I'm Richard Newman and this week it's a graduate show special. We'll be speaking to some of the students involved in the show itself and they'll be reflecting on their time here at the university. Now, the Graduate Show is one of the University of Brighton's most prestigious annual events. Final year arts, design, architecture and media students display their work at our city and Molescombe campuses with huge exhibition spaces created to showcase emerging talent as graduates embark on their future careers. It's open to the public between the 1st of June and the 14th of June. Details of opening times and which campus is displaying work when is available by clicking or tapping the link in the podcast description or visit brighton.ac.uk. Three students who will be involved are with me in the studio and I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Jamie, I'm studying digital music and sound art. I'm Annie and I'm on 3D design and craft. Um, I'm Briar and I'm studying philosophy, politics and art. Cool. Annie, let's start with you. Your work focuses on um, plastic pollution in the sea. Yeah, so I... I've been focusing on microplastics specifically in the biological ways that they affect different sea creatures. So I've been making my own sheet material by melting down plastic waste that I find on the beach and then turning it into sea creatures. So I've got Manuel the manta ray, Larry the lobster, Perkins the pufferfish and Christoph the coral, who are my main creatures. So they've all got specific different reasons why I'm looking at them. So For Larry the Lobster, I'm looking at the way that lobsters are constantly ingesting microplastics and they then shed their shells like snakes and eat the old shell to have protein for the new shell. So therefore the microplastics never leave their system. So lobsters in the future will actually become plastic, which is an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. The way you've been doing it is quite interesting as well because the videos that you've been producing, they're... They're quite out there as well, but they're, yeah. they're really fun to watch. So I guess you're kind of making it an entertaining thing to bring people in, but like the message is pretty strong. Yeah, so I sort of it's sort of a creative craft campaign is what I've called it. So it's sort of humorous videos where I film the creatures under the water and on the beach and then try and sort of target people by making them think it's funny and then it's got the underlying message about all the microplastic effects and stuff like that. And if you go to Annie Lumbee on Vimeo, you can see my manta ray and my lobster and my Stavros the seagull from last year and then to see the behind the scenes of how they've been made if you go to at Lumbee making on Instagram it's all all there for the taking. That's a way for people to see how the course basically works behind the scenes. Yeah it's been really good for documenting how I've made everything and sort of life in the workshop which has been good. Yeah I mean it's um the awareness of plastic in the oceans it's a it's a massive like talking point at the moment as well. Yeah. It's like the, the 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 awareness of it has grown exponentially um, in the past few years. You see it in you know, well, Blue Planet was pretty massive mm-hmm. in terms of that, wasn't it? What was it that um, made it sort of a passion for you to focus on? I just really intrigued by sea creatures, mm-hmm. and um, I really like focusing on more than just sort of seals tangled in nets and stuff, and actual more ways that people don't realise that they're being affected by plastic. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, for my pufferfish creature, they're actually losing their ability to puff because when coral bleach, they expel algae from their pores, which then expels all the microplastics as well. So then the pufferfish go along and inhale all the microplastics. The chemicals within the plastic are actually damaging their internal systems. So people would never expect that they'd be targeted as well, but it's just 
all of that stuff that I find really interesting. Yeah. It's a puffer fish if it can't puff. Just like fresh what? meat. That's that's so sad yeah. that it's actually losing its ability yeah. to be its title. Yeah. That's very tragic. Yeah. Mm. Not so great. No. Jamie, your final year project is um, an audiovisual installation based on a very famous piece of art. Yeah. So my final project is like a large scale AV installation based on Monet's water lilies paintings. And I kind of decided to do it not by accident, but I was in Paris um, visiting the museum, looking at them, and I kind of just started taking photos, basically. And it just kind of turned into what it is now. Um, I guess on the, on the radio it's probably a little bit, a little bit tough to, to, to explain an audio-visual display, but I mean, it, it looks, the pitch of it looked quite striking. So if you can try to sort of like describe the experience, I guess, as yeah. you just come into the room. What it is, it's three very large screens that mimic the curve of the paintings in Paris. They're 200 inches each across, so the actual whole installation is about 13 metres long. But really, the main proponent of it is um, it has seven-channel audio, and that is comprised of like ambient composition that runs going on two hours. It's more like an hour, 40 minutes. And um, field recordings from his garden where he did the paintings. So I went to the garden the end of last year, in about November, and I just took loads of recordings, loads of photos and some video, which is a, makes up another part of the work. I used the photos I took of his paintings in Paris mm. and like animated them so that they move. It kind of look like, looks like the paint's all dripping and like rolling over itself. And then I... like animate them externally to kind of flow over the top of each other. Really the whole point is that Monet's work and a lot of the work within kind of impressionist art is about ideas of multi-point perspective. Kind of like cubism but a little bit earlier where like no two people see the same thing in the same way and a lot of what Monet was doing was um, painting the movement of light and kind of embedding it within a still image. And I kind of got the idea to take that kind of movement that was meant to be there and like actually physically make it there with modern technology so I guess it's kind of like a response piece but it has it has a section that's kind of made up as that and then it transitions into another section that is like a video of the pond that, that I took that lasts about 20 minutes and uh, like a walk around the garden so it's like a translocation of the place to another place. I was thinking a lot about time as well. So there's a the philosophical concept of duration, the uh, Henry Bergson, where time is like immeasurable insofar as like it's based on human experience. So it expands and contracts based on your environment, how much you're taking in, kind of what is the basic kind of level of it. So I wanted to kind of create something that would compress your concept of time. So you may be in there for half an hour, 40 minutes, and you'll think it, it will feel like five minutes. Right. Sorry, it was a very long description. <laughs> well, a very detailed description. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it was. It was quite a lot of work, but I think it's paid off. Hopefully, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Briar, your um, dissertation yeah. focuses on bereavement. Um, it does. Um, can you can you tell us uh, a bit more about that? Well, it's not a cheery topic, obviously, and it's not as nice as fish or pretty paintings, um, but. Basically, I got the idea because my dad died a month before I started uni and my whole university experience has kind of been foreshadowed by this 
bereavement and grief process. So I thought, what better way to end it by talking about more death? Um, so my dissertation focuses on uh, the relationship between postmodernism, which I'm sure everyone's kind of come across. It's like a very amorphous term that can literally relate to anything. But the way I use it is kind of using it in a philosophical way to basically show a contempt towards postmodernism from my point of view because postmodernism is very much about focusing on the individual in the present and kind of neglecting the past. So I relate the idea of death and trauma to postmodernism and kind of show um, the relationship between that because I argue in my dissertation, and, and obviously you can argue against it, it's, it's only my argument, but I argue that death and trauma doesn't really coexist well with postmodernism because there's a process in which you need to remember in order to kind of continue um, rather than disregard um, the past. So then I focus, because my course is PPA, so I had to get some art in there, I focus on Rachel White-Reed and also the pictures of the 9-11 of the um, people falling from the towers, basically analyse them using postmodern concepts such as hyperreality and uh, leotard's postmodern condition and kind of use the those expositions of postmodernism as the backdrop for why a postmodern analysis or why the issues of postmodernism um when focusing on death are problematic and it probably is quite difficult to understand because I found it difficult to understand. So maybe I've done a really bad job at um, doing my dissertation, but it's worked, so somehow it's worked. Would it be fair to say as well that obviously losing your dad just before you, you came here, yeah. that's obviously, it's helped sort of motivational, I guess, to get into the yeah. end of the course, I guess? Absolutely. I mean, he was the person that came to me with the to the interview when I started uni, and so that in itself kind of motivated me because I thought, oh, actually, you know, instead of... I could have taken a year out to kind of do what you're supposed to do when you lose someone. But I actually just kind of found it more motivational to put my brain into something. Um, and uni has definitely done that. It's a great distraction. And it's also, I guess my course as well is very much shaping the way we think because it is philosophy and it is kind of looking at the world from a really academic point of view. But also it's... Um, humanistic in the sense that it develops yourself so I honestly don't think I could have done a better course for the mental state that I was in. Annie uh, when you talk about the grad show itself I mean how big uh, an, an opportunity is it to have this sort of chance to, to sort of showcase your projects you and other students as well? Uh, yeah it, it's amazing because you have so much space to put up your work and really refine what you want to show to people and we've got the private view where people can come and see our work I don't know, for my course especially, it's so broad what everyone's made, so it's quite nice to bring it all together because it's, it's just shows so many different skills and really highlights how good the course is. So for future people wanting to join, it's it's really great. When I After I'd done foundation, I came and looked at the degree show and that was really what set in stone for me that I wanted to come. Really, that was it? Yeah. yeah. How big an opportunity is it for you, Jamie? Yeah, it's, it's massive really because it's kind of allowed me to do something that I would never have been able to do otherwise. It was kind of like working in installation, especially something that's large scale, 
it's like it's just so difficult to get the actual physical space even in like galleries in town uh, just not big enough for mine and actually a couple of other people's work on my course as well yeah just physically having the facilities there to be able to create something how you envisioned it is really really important i think yeah it's, it's quite exciting around the university at the moment i think as well because i think you can kind of feel something's like just about to start we were talking in the lead up to this so it's just getting quite exciting you're all part of this sort of festival feel as well and that's good. I, mean, I mean as a final year student you must feel like it's a pretty good way to go out isn't it yeah i mean it hasn't really felt real yet that we're leaving so i think the private view will make it sort of like, wow we've we've done this we've achieved this which would be really nice yeah, I mean, it's a pretty high-profile way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty good climax to all the all the work that you've yeah. um, put in. And also, as, like, a kind of outsider to this, um, I think it's super inspiring to see what everyone else has been doing with their time. Um, I loved it last year. I think it was the best part of my second year, just seeing everyone's stuff. Do you guys have anything you want that you're quite looking forward to, to seeing? all the other courses because really have no idea what they do because mm. <laughs> I don't know my course is so full on that I really don't have time to look at other courses so it'll be really nice to see what they've done yeah the, the moving image stuff is always really good and also you know I'm excited to see like friends stuff and but most of it I've kind of had sneak peeks of already but it'd be nice to see it like set exactly how they wanted it to be you know what about nerves being nervous or uh, not really it's just excited i think it's yeah excited and nervous like nervous for when it all just gets taken down like then what right so, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now we have real life <laughs> the grad show starts well this friday for private view saturday open to the public and across city and moscombe campuses open to the public anyone can go just uh, look at the opening times on the website so your time here at brighton as an undergraduate coming to a close let's talk about your time here at the university first of all let's just get a gauge of where you're all from uh, briar i'm from um tunbridge and kent okay yeah um i'm from salisbury but my family live in perth australia so oh wow quite far yeah <laughs> yeah they still based there do you, on the yeah, when yeah, you go in the holidays wow okay yeah. cool i'm from weybridge which is like half an hour outside london ish yeah. okay so if we go back to the start of the, one of a better word, journey to get to university, as a sixth former college student, you've been put together your portfolios and your applications. It must seem like quite a long time ago. Uh, can you remember what, what that was like? That sort of feeling, choosing where to go, all that stuff, the pressure of trying to get it all ready? It was quite exciting as well. Um, for me, there's not many places that do the course that I'm on, so... I didn't really have many options, and it was either stay at Kingston, where I did my foundation, or come to Brighton. And Brighton's just such a vibrant, exciting place, and Kingston's pretty dull. So <laughs> there was really no no other option. But, mm. yeah, I'm really happy I came here. Yeah, I kind of ended up here as, like, not a last-minute thing, but I looked at just so many different courses from, like, English to chemistry. I've kind of ended up doing art and music, basically. It actually wasn't my first choice, but I'm very glad that I am on the course that I was on. My first choice was like a like a straight popular music course. And actually this has kind of broadened my interests a lot more than doing something that I 
kind of was already interested in would have done. Yeah, so there's just so much more that's changed. Kind of my like personal practice as well, because I make music as as well as doing stuff for uni. And it, it, yeah, it's just changed so much more than you know doing something that necessarily was my first choice. Um, my course is the only one I think of its kind. Um, I think there's uh, philosophy, politics, and ethics everywhere, but um, the art side of things with the philosophy and politics is literally the only course and I remember the way I found it was typing in three things that I wanted to study and it literally came up um so yeah it was kind of apply for that and nothing else because it just seemed like such a unique kind of course to do with literally the right menu um choices on it so so you went all in all in all yeah. in yeah no regrets there'd be people that are now looking to find somewhere to go to university mm and they've got their choices and they're putting their work together. If you could sort of give advice to yourself back then, what would you say? I did Art Foundation, which was sort of, you go and you do loads of different types of art degrees all in different weeks. Um, and I thought that I wanted to do product design and I came to Brighton, which we do ceramics, metalwork, woodwork and plastics. And it's so far from product design. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just I kept my options open by doing my course and my course has just been absolutely fantastic. There's just so many different... We have tutors and technicians in every day to help you. So compared to other courses that do similar things where they just don't really have much help, our course is so hands-on and there's just so many opportunities and opportunities and machines and stuff. It's incredible. Yeah, I think I'd say don't worry about, you know, looking at every single course that you possibly can. Just kind of do what you want. <laughs> um because that's not how I was thinking. I was thinking, like, what am I going to do for a job, you know, mm. whatever. But it's kind of more important to do something that you enjoy, I think. Um, yeah, something, then, something that makes you happy. Yeah, and then you hopefully will end up working in a place that you enjoy as well. Do you think that's a problem then? You often, and it is sometimes, it's, well, a lot of it is external pressure anyway, but the expectation of you almost needing to have decided what you're going to do it's five huge. years down the line before you <laughs> yeah. even chosen your course it's so stressful i remember well i took two years out before i came to this course so i had a complete freak out i went to goldsmiths um and didn't like it and i was doing drama at that point uh then went on to do um psychosocial studies which is kind of art therapy um but then also wimped out and then um well not wimped out but it just didn't feel right um, and then life kind of, all I will say is that um, life's going to change whether you have this long-term perception of what you're going to do. Um, so like you said, choosing something that you're actually passionate about to spend the next three years of your life is probably the most important thing rather than doing something that's going to get you um, like a straight career out of it because even then we know many people that um, choose kind of the really soul-destroying path that they should be taking in order to get a job and then they drop out because they're not motivated to continue it. Whereas if you're choosing something that you absolutely know there's a spark of passion, um, yeah, go for that, definitely. That's a unique yeah. opportunity for three years of your life to go and do exactly. whatever you want. Exactly. You, unique you really, and expensive, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> you know. You really have to want to do it or you're there's no point because... Like, it's you that's making yourself get up and go. Mm -hmm. Whereas at school, you have a register. Whereas, yeah. 
especially doing an art degree. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I think that's the thing. Like, if you don't want to do it, you kind of just won't. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know people, won't. like people that haven't been into it or have dropped out or whatever. Like, you just don't show up, and then it's, you know, do something that you want to do. Otherwise, you just won't bother doing it. I think. What were your expectations of university, and how has it ended up um, being in reality? Has it been what you expected it to be? No, no, I think so. No. I think I had, I thought it was going to be quite similar to school, where it absolutely isn't. You're such an individual um, kind of, you're fully adulting by this point. And I think that's great because I think a lot of people, maybe it's just our university, but I think a lot of people think, oh, go to uni because it's this safety bubble that um, you're protected by. And in a way it is, but in another way you've got to motivate yourself and you've got to realize that the only one that's going to push you into classes is yourself so yeah yeah I think my course is really unique in the fact that we have to be in nine till five every day and we want to be and we all stay until about eight thirty in the evening and it's we just sort of sounds a bit corny but it's like one big family and all three years work together in the same workshops so some it was so easy to make friends but for other courses maybe like yours where you mm. just have lectures yeah friends of mine have found it really hard to make friends so i think for them joining societies and stuff was good but for me it was just there every day all all friends it was great it was um fairly how i expected it i think i did quite academic a level subjects and then kind of decided i didn't want to do that anymore and and, and decided to do an arts degree but i i think also one of the main reasons that I really wanted to come to university was for the kind of freedoms that everyone thinks you know comes with it, um, as well as obviously studying something that I actually wanted to study. But yeah, I mean, it kind of met expectations. Mm. And, yeah. Do you think you've? Ah, oh, this sounds corny, doesn't it? But do you think you have? Do you think you have kind of changed as as people in that time as well? It's a lot of growing up to do, I guess, when you move away from home and maybe for the first time, maybe not for the first time, but it's just you know when you're so embedded in a new new place as well i think i've become more weird <laughs> as in right. always, always, always sort of my my creatures that i've made yeah. now all have their own characters and stuff and i've just gone fully fully into that and sort of i'm not trying to be normal anymore sort of at school it was like well you always you need a backup subject and this is the way you should be and now sort of especially brighton you can be whatever and it's really great take yeah. your pet yeah model to the beach yeah (laughs) yeah you can take a manta ray to the beach and run around and people don't really question it it's great (laughs) i think you definitely well i think i've definitely kind of turned into a more an adult just because you know you can have to look after yourself a bit probably in the most minimal way possible but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah definitely matured and kind of changed as a person because of that I think I had a huge ego before starting uni and it's kind of shredded that but in a really positive way. I think having the opportunity to be in like really intimate settings with people from really different places kind of puts you in your place and makes you think that the philosophy that you were so passionate about is rubbish and um, the politics side of it, yeah, you kind of change completely. So yeah, in terms of change mentally absolutely i've changed because things like challenged all the time as well so you yeah, better, i guess it's kind of whether you are willing to mm. change as well yeah definitely i think you're gonna have problems if you're not willing to listen to other people and i think um i was quite outspoken at school and kind of you know the activist character 
and now I I still have my opinions but they're just more articulate and they're more yeah I can present them in a less arrogant and um, kind of I'm right you're wrong way I think it's opened my mind a lot we were talking just now about how when you're thinking about coming to university and you're choosing what to study sometimes people can look too far ahead mm. but we're going to come back to that kind of question now anyway uh, so you're about to finish what's next what's the next plan do you, some of you have like a really clear idea what's happening next or sort of like we'll see what's happening uh, so I want to make props for theatre and film so I'm working at the National Theatre in summer making props for them brilliant um, That's really cool. and then so I did work experience for them last summer and then just to sort of get my name out there and check that was really what I wanted to do and then they've asked me to go back which has been fantastic um I think yeah I think work experience after second year is really important definitely for my area um and then gonna go home for a bit because I need to earn some money living <laughs> for free at home <laughs> and will you stay there do you think or do you come back over to the UK um, I think I'll be there for a few months spend some time with my family and then come back I don't want to plan too far ahead mm. it's, it's a bit scary. daunting yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the moment I'm kind of working part-time, but I've got a, like an album of music that I'm making that's being released on a little record label Yeah, so tell, us, tell us about that, because kind of, we've kind of touched upon it every now and again, but yeah, it's just sort of just thrown um, out there. Just, yeah. I, I, I mean, just, just, just something's coming out this time. I, I, it's like a really, really small local thing that's coming out on like really limited like cassettes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I make, I make like really quite sad like folky music with um lots of like textural bits and synth sounds and yeah i don't know play everything myself um and try and play live and stuff as much as possible but yeah and i like produce and master for other people as well occasionally oh and <laughs> sorry we've little plug but um I run a record label with a friend from my course and we're kind of trying to embed it in the course a bit more get people from the other years involved um which i think is quite a good thing to have and that definitely wouldn't have happened without university at all um we've had like a few releases from people abroad we've got one coming up as well mm. and yeah we're trying to as well as using it for outside stuff using it to facilitate kind of people's work at the university that we think is really good and that's something that we'll be carrying on afterwards as well keeping a connection to here so that's half a plug. So how do they get? It's half, it's half, half oh. a plug. So how do they get involved if they want um, to do that? So the we have a website and stuff. the The name of the record label is ID Spectral. You can kind of look us up, send us an email. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook. We're on everything. I think. So I spent far too much time typing on a laptop in my bedroom. So I thought I have to earn money, and I also should talk to people more. So in the summer, I'm going to work with people, adults with special needs. Um, I thought that would be kind of uh, a good way to socialise and get outside a bit. And then I think I'm coming back to do my Masters in okay. Cultural and Critical Theory, but I'm really tired, so saying Masters right now is <laughs> really daunting. Another um, dissertation. Another thing. Um, and then my my three-year plan, I want to build my own portfolio for my art that I do and hopefully apply for a scholarship at the Royal drawing school in london just finally on um, your experience here at the university coming to brighton what have you made of it as a as a place to to live and and learn i love it here there's so many individual pubs and just there's like whatever you're into it's there we've got 
gigs and which has been great for you and your music. Yeah, 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 yeah has been. I think it's really good, but I knew Brighton before I came here and it was actually like a big part of the reason that I did come to university yeah. here because I like the place so much and like the surrounding area I know fairly well as well and I've got family here. But um, yeah, I think it allows people to be themselves and it's much less high stress than like a bigger city. I was going to say there's that, still yeah. enough here that mm. it's not like you're looking for something to do after living here for three years. There's still stuff that I haven't done that I want to and might just be because I'm a bit lazy. But <laughs> and ha- um, yeah, having yeah. the sea and then that's what I was and, and then the downs yeah. as well, yeah. where you can just so you can either escape at either end. It's mm. really nice to have the city, but then be able to just get out and go for a walk for hours. Yeah, I it's lived really up, nice. on, up in Falmer um, oh, nice. on first year and spent half my time going for walks pretty much Mm. after hand in stress when you're stressed that walk to the beach where you just contemplate life yeah it's a lot just go and sort of yeah i feel like it's very good for student mental health just having the sea there it also helps you stop getting helps you not to get lost yes that's very true you can put the sea behind you you can Mm -hmm. get home it's fine okay so you're not a great navigator (laughs) (laughs) and then just get back to that point and then you'll know where you're going um okay right at every um podcast that we do we just uh, try to get our get to know our guests a little bit better we've got to know you guys quite well anyway but some very simple questions uh just two of them so first of all since you arrived here at the university can you pick a a favorite place in the area favorite place in sussex um, I got the train to Lewis yesterday and we walked all the way up to the Downs up there. The Downs so I would say there, or the, uh, the the King Queen pub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been pretty... It's opposite It's opposite my uni, so it's been a right. pretty key place. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a weird one. I like Bishopstone a lot, which is like a tiny town about 20 minutes on the train. Um, it's like just before Seaford. And there's, from what I can tell, absolutely nothing there. Amazing. Other than, like, <laughs> 1960s bungalows. But, like, I, I went there because I was buying a rug off Facebook Marketplace. Okay, I was going to say, how did you end up there? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended up there. I wasn't just going for a weird little explore. <laughs> and, like, I walked through the entire town. There was not a single pub, not a single shop. Just, like, really weird, like, eerie bungalows and, like, a massive beach with absolutely nothing on it. Not even, like, groins. There was just nothing there. Really odd place. But also one of my favourite places that I've been. Just because of the whole, like vibe of it it was very kind of surreal mm. i'm gonna be really boring and say i got really lucky with my flat and its location and its price because it was really cheap so uh it's in the south lanes and it's just literally you can wake up and there are like uh silent discos outside my window which is half annoying but also really fun and entertaining if you don't want to go outside like me um so i'd say my flat <laughs> purely because entertainment is on my doorstep all the time. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then finally, if you could um, all pick three people you'd like to invite to dinner, past or present, who would they be and why? Who's going to go first on that one? You've planned this. I haven't, so I need time to <laughs> my, my nightmare is that someone's picked the same one as me. Oh, yeah, um, this is like the <laughs> ultimate I have to choose like someone Because really I've, cool. I've thought about this more than I've thought about anything else that we've talked about. <laughs> My three were Anthony Bourdain, Laurie Lee, and Patty Smith. Nice. R.I.P. to a lot of them. Yeah, two, mm, two out of yeah. three. <laughs> um, mine would be David Attenborough, Nick Park, who's the Ardman Animations mm-hmm. animator, and then um, Pierre Bohanna, who's the head prop maker for 
all the Harry Potter films. Wow. I don't know, I don't know oh. what you've been talking about does actually reflect in those three anyway, yeah. so you don't need to really explain, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Tom York, a legend, obviously. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who writes Fleabag. Mm-hmm. I think she's amazing um, and hysterical. I feel like her and Tom would get along. And I'm just going to shove in Mr Blobby for entertainment. Um <laughs> Because if there are any silences, Mr. Blobby will fill it. And yeah, good prop as well. Yeah. Even though he's real. But yeah, <laughs> those are my three. Thank you to Annie, Jamie and Briar for giving up their time in what's a very busy week leading up to the graduate show and just finishing university in general. You can find out more about their work by clicking or tapping on the links in the podcast description. Remember, you can be there at the graduate show. It's open to the public. Entry is free. Visit the links in the podcast description for more details on opening times. But the City Campus show runs from the 1st to the 9th of June and Morscombe between the 8th and 14th of June. And if you are visiting, please share your photos and experiences on social media using the hashtag BrightonGradShow19. That's all one word. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks for listening.